Hello there, how's it going? It's been a while, I know. I was supposed to publish this episode last week, but it's carnival here in Brazil, and I decided to take a break and relax for a while. Today is also the, the podcast anniversary, and it's been one year since the first episode that I, that I have posted. And, you know, it's... It's kind of interesting because I keep doing this and I keep learning with the episodes, with everything that I have to do to uh, to record and share this content. And today I want to talk about stainless steels, in this case a ferritic series. I have already explained something about stainless steels, but now I wanted to talk about the series specifically. Don't forget to follow the podcast on our favorite platform, to share this content with your friends, family, and please, if you're wondering about anything, send me a message on Instagram or by email, and obviously, please share this because it's been a year and it's amazing doing that. I know that you have been following, you have been supporting, and for me, it's priceless. Thank you again. By the way, my name is Vinny and I am a materials engineer. There are five classifications of stainless steels. Four of them are based on the crystallography and microstructure such as ferritic, martensitic, austenitic and duplex. The fifth one is the precipitation hardenable stainless steels and are based on their heat treatment. But before we talk about them, I have to point something out, which is about the grades. So I would say that there are two kinds of grades, at least the most used. Uh, the one from America Iron and Steel Institute, AISI and the Unified Numbering System, UNS. So the first one, AISI, has basically three numbers and sometimes, as a suffix, one or two letters that indicate the precipitations. And the UNS grade has, it starts with the letter S and is followed by five numbers. Usually the three first numbers are the same from the AISI grade and the two last numbers I use it to say to you or to to specify the, the modifications. But in here I'm not going to talk about all, all about that and sometimes I'm going to use uh, the UNS classification so don't don't worry usually as i said the three first numbers are the same from the aisi grade so you can search this on google or in, in your books it doesn't matter okay about the ferritic stainless steels they are named as ferritic due to its bcc crystalline structure as we know iron has a bcc crystalline structure at room temperature and those steels have the same crystalline structure and they are named as ferritic because of, because of that. 
usually these steels are magnetic and can't be uh, hardened by heat treatment. So we, we don't have particularly high strength using these ferritic stainless steels. Um, about the, the yield strength, it's uh, their uh, annealed yield strength varies from 275 to 350 megapascals. They usually have a poor toughness and their susceptibility to sensitization might uh, limit their, their applications. But there are some advantages too. Uh, one is about the resistance to chloride stress corrosion cracking and atmospheric corrosion and oxidation at a relatively low cost. But understand that I'm talking about something that depends on the environment, so I'm saying that generally. I can't say to in a specific situation because we must consider the material and the environment, okay? So uh, about the chromium content, it varies from 11 weight percent to 30 weight percent. And another characteristic is that can be produced with low contents of austenitic farming elements such as carbon, nitrogen, and nickel. In the past, that was rather complicated because producing stainless steels might have higher concentration of carbon and nitrogen. As I said, their austenitic forming elements and carbon use some chromium to create some carbonites and you have places in your material with low concentrations of chromium which are susceptible to sensitization. And now we can use some gases to decarburize the material when they are liquid and then we can decrease the content of carbon and nitrogen. About the low chromium stainless steels, which is about 11 weight percent, there are two grades, the S4500 and S4900. They can be used as automotive exhaust systems. They have fair corrosion and oxidation resistance and good fabricability at low cost. About this, the, the intermediate chromium content, which varies from 16 to 18 weight percent, we have two grades too, the S43000 and S43400. They can be used as automotive trim and cooking utensils. However, they have a low production compared to the low chromium alloys due to their poor toughness and weldability which is complicated and is important in these cases. About the high chromium which varies from 19 to 30 weight percent we have the S44200 and S44600 which is the super, uh, super ferritics. They are used in applications that demands high levels of corrosion resistance and high oxidation resistance. Uh, they also have high concentrations of aluminum and molybdenum and in this case especially low concentrations of carbon and nitrogen. Uh, titanium and niobium prevent the sensitization and 
improve the as welded properties of those alloys. About the corrosion characteristics of this family, the ferritic stainless steels are basically iron and chromium, and the chromium is a ferrite stabilizer, so the alpha phase increases with the chromium content. So alpha has BCC crystalline structure, and because of this, it is magnetic, as I said in the, be in the beginning, has relatively high in weight strength and low in ductility and hardenability. Another important information is that the alpha phase has low solubility for carbon and nitrogen. As we discussed about the ductile to brittle transition, we might consider that in here because the ferritic stainless steels also have the BCC crystalline structure and have the ductile to brittle transitions behavior. So it happens in narrow temperature range and when we have high concentrations of chromium and high concentrations of carbon and nitrogen, this transition may occur above the room temperature. So it might be dangerous, it might be uh, tougher to manipulate those alloys. And this is why it is decarburized. It uses argon to decarburize this uh, these alloys and before the, this technique of decarburization some steels such as 430 and 434 AISI grade were quite sensitized to intergranular corrosion because they were welded or they were maintained at high temperatures during their use so now using this technique we can decrease the concentrations of carbon and nitrogen and we don't have necessarily this, the same problem as we had in the past. But it's interesting discussing about the carbon and nitrogen concentration because small contents of them might permit to act as stabilizers elements with titanium and niobium to precipitates as interstitials. So uh, this created a new generation of iridic stainless steels. So with low concentrations of carbon and nitrogen, we can produce the solid solutions with high concentrations of chromium and molybdenum, which are tougher and weldable compared to the first generation that didn't use the techniques to decarburize the molten metal. However, the tougher limit their use like sheets or lighter gauge tubulars and depending on the system in this case the environment and the composition the steel they can be immune to chloride and a final example the type 409 has been using automotive exhaust systems muffers and catalytic converter services. I hope you have enjoyed. Thanks for listening. See you in the next episode.